The human body is quite amazing. It's capable of incredible things. The person who has run the fastest holds the record for a top speed of 27 miles an hour. 27 miles an hour. The person who has run the farthest has run 350 miles. Can you think of that? That sounds miserable to me. But 350 miles. The highest that we have gone is 26,000 feet over sea level. And the deepest, 34,000 feet. The man who has lifted the most weight on earth has lifted 6,000 pounds. And this is checked. You can check all this information. The body is amazing. The human body is incredible. The kind of things that it can do. Now, I look at myself and my scoreboard doesn't look any close to anything close to this. I am not able to do most of the, I am not able to do any of these things. I am more like I can run at the most four miles, start getting tired at the third mile. I hit my uh, peak at the second mile while I really started really running after the first mile walk or something like that. That's how it would look like for me. But what I mean is that the human body, collectively speaking, is amazing. The kind of things that it can do. If our bodies are well-trained, are capable of incredible things, as these people have concentrated and trained on different areas and have reached the peaks of all these different competitions. They went for the heights and they trained themselves for it. And they have reached that peak. The same principle applies to the spiritual life. Our souls are capable of amazing things. And we know not the power that we have within us. There's a power in our souls for the heights that can lead us to reach amazing and incredible heights that we haven't explored yet. However, there's just one difference. That the power that is in us is not from us. It's a power that is almost like borrowed, we could say, from Christ. And St. Paul says that we have already received this power. So this power is already in you. There's power, there's you know, dynamite in your soul. A great power to be able to achieve these great heights. St. Paul says in, Second Coloss in Colossians 2.12, You were buried with him in baptism. So this has already happened. In which you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. So the power that rose Jesus from the dead is at work in us today. That same power that rose him from the stone is the same principle that we have at work in us that can enact an incredible, amazing change. Lead us really to the heights of the spiritual life. And it is the same power. St. Paul is the same one who would say in Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to accomplish far more than all we ask or imagine. Far more than we ask or imagine by the power at work within us. So that power that was 
visible on that day that the leper approached Jesus. And everybody saw the power of God because Jesus extended his hand and that man was healed. And people saw that so much that he couldn't enter any, anymore the cities. He had to stay outside. So everybody was aware of the power that was present in God-made man in Jesus. So that same power that was visible on that day, that same power that has power to raise people from the dead, to bring the paralytics on their feet again, to heal the lepers, to restore sight to the blind, the power that can turn around hearts, the hardest hearts in this world, turn persecutors into followers, that same power is at work in us. Isn't that amazing? And it's not like it's if through the ages we got a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy and what gets to us is something that is almost impossible to read. It is the same power, the same spirit that filled the heart of Christ, the human soul of Christ, fills our souls. There's a saint in you. As there's a tree in the seed already contained there, in some way, there's a saint in your soul. You are made for those heights, and that power is already in us. So maybe we look at ourselves and we say, like I say about the physical realm, no, that's awesome that people can lift up like 6,000 pounds, but I am not able to. I am not able to. So maybe we can say, that's great for the great saints and for all these people and maybe for people around me. I love that we say that we collectively can do amazing things and so I will leave that for someone else. But that same power is present in us. We need to trust in that power and unleash that power that like this leper was able to on that day. He prayed that prayer of faith. If you wish, you can. If you wish, you can. You can make me clean. And maybe, as I say, we have lost that hope because we have reached our limit so many times. And now Lent comes around and we have to work on ourselves again in our spiritual life. And we need to grow and grow in virtue. And, and I more or less know myself and I keep hitting the same walls. I want to tell you that this is the moment to keep on trying, to keep on fighting, to keep on coming to Christ. Because there's a power in Him that we haven't tapped into yet. He can do amazing things. St. Paul would say, I would gladly rejoice in my weakness, in those moments of weakness. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My great grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness, says God to him. I will rather boast, says St. Paul, most gladly of my weaknesses, in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Look at what St. Paul is saying. In all those areas where I feel weak, that I cannot run the 350 miles, when I cannot climb the 26,000 feet when I cannot go deep into the sea down into, uh, into the ocean 
In those moments, St. Paul is saying, I gladly rejoice in my weakness so that the power of God may reside in me. And it may be clear that the work that is being made in me is not my work, but is the work of the power of God in me. That is what we call a breakthrough. When we see that God is able to break through in our lives, when we have reached the limit over and over again, but then all of the sudden we go to Jesus, He touches us, and He heals us from our leprosy. And I know that it may be hard to, to trust. We just read in the first reading from Leviticus all the laws and prescriptions that lep lepers had to go through. They needed to shave their heads. They needed to muffle their beards. They needed to stay outside the camp. They needed to yell, unclean, unclean. They needed to do all these things that were good laws, laws that could only control, set limits to the sickness, but not able to heal. And when Jesus comes, he breaks through in the life of this leper. And so many times, maybe we have settled already to control or set limits on the things that we have already tried to grow into, and we can't. And we have, you know, put up our own laws to control and set limits. I believe that Jesus is calling you in this land to a breakthrough, to be able to try that you may tap into the amazing power of Jesus risen from the dead that can accomplish in us far greater things that we can ask or imagine. Of course, there's a place for humility, but humility and pusillanimity are two very different things. This is how humility sounds like. Lord, my heart is not proud, nor are my eyes haughty. I do not busy myself with great matters, with things too sublime for me. So humility is when we have tried and tried and tried and tried, and finally we come to accept, you know, our limitations. Pusillanimity, on the other hand, is something very different. It's when we accept our limitations before we, can, we have even tried, before we have even put the effort to overcome those limitations. And that is what the Lord is calling us to, to not be lazy in the spiritual life, to be willing, like this leper, to put in the effort, to will it more, to will our holiness more, because the power is there. We need to open the gates that our will can only open. So how can we bring this home? I think there's two attitudes of those who want to live this way. The first attitude is to live life with no excuses. To live li life with no excuses. I have told you some, many, many times maybe that you know, when I grew up I would do sports and mainly rugby. And So with this rugby team we, we would all change in the same place and then go to work out together. And on the hallways, conversations we st would start going something like this, you know, I'm not feeling so well today, and so I might take it easy today, or, you know, 
I find some pain here and so I might just take it easy or all these different excuses as we were going in. And when you enter that gym, they had put big and a bolt on the, on, the, on the wall in English, no excuses. I think they took it from a professional rugby team that does that. And so they took it from there and they put it there in the gym so that we would enter and see big and bold on the walls, no excuses. And then you knew that you had to go on it. So we cannot write that on the walls here in the church or anything, you know, no excuses. Or, but how many times we do find excuses? And it's good to remind ourselves to live life with no excuses. So I invite you to write it not on your walls or on, your, on the walls of your room or anything like that, but somewhere in your room, somewhere in your journal, somewhere that you can see this week. No excuses. So that we may not find so quickly the excuses to not go to Jesus, to not let that power get at work, get to work in us. A note that may help us to not settle for less than we are able to. Fulton Sheen, he used to say that there's a great difference between reasons and excuses. And so he says, a reason is something that we give before a conclusion is reached. An excuse is something we give for not following on the, out on the conclusions. Reasons generally are sincere. Excuses generally are rationalizations of conduct. A reason is a reality. An excuse is an invention. How many inventions we come up with to not grow in our spiritual life? So I invite you in this Lent that we begin on Wednesday to run with that motto, no excuses, so that I may truly fight like this leper for what God wants to do in my life. And the second attitude is that of fostering great desires in our lives. St. Ignatius is the great champion of great desires. And he says, we don't usually reach the heights because we don't desire them. We desire only the plains. We are too comfortable with the valley. If we would start desiring, you know, the heights of the spiritual life, oh man, if I would be holier, if I would be able to impact this community, if I would be able to really, you know, change the life of one person at a time, if I would be able to, you know, enact change in this area, if I would grow internally this much and be able to be a, a stronghold for others, if I would, we need to fill our hearts with great desires. Great desires that may tune our hearts with what God desires for us. Christianity is not about suppressing desires, but being able to direct them in the, in the, in the right direction, to enhance them, if anything. Jesus never told the the leper, no, you shouldn't be wishing that. You shouldn't be, you know, really thinking about that. He directed his thoughts, his desires, so that he may desire more, not just the healing of his leprosy, but becoming actually a missionary in that whole area. That is the same thing that the Lord wants for us, to foster great desires in our hearts. These are the, these are the two attitudes I want to propose to you for this Lent. On Wednesday, we begin this great journey of Lent.
with Ash Wednesday. For 40 days, we'll be walking into freedom. And the only way to attain the heights that the Lord is calling us to reach in this sister is if we find no excuses and if we foster great desires so that we may release, break through, let that power of God get at work in us. What a hopeful gospel we read today. And of all the gospels are so hopeful if we read them with faith. We see the helpless breakthrough by the power of Jesus. And that same power is available for us today. Are you willing to break through?